0: and welcome to the Business Finishing School Financial Battleship Calls. This is your call for August, 2019. This is for module 12, Lifelong Investing Success. My name is Kristen Kulka, and as always, I have on the call with us today, Teresa Kuhn. Welcome, Teresa.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen, and welcome to the Business Finishing School community. Really excited to be here again this month. And help you understand, maybe get a little bit deeper understanding of the battleship plan.
0: Right. And for today's topic, we are going to be asking and answering um, some questions that we get asked often. So, Teresa, I think the biggest question that we get asked when it comes to financial battleship strategy is. Why do we only work with whole life policies? And there's very specific reasons why, right?
1: Very specific reasons why. And in fact, I went out many years ago and started my practice design my practice just to focus on whole life insurance, which sounds crazy, especially back then, like with all of my degrees and my certifications and all the education that I've gotten, why would I focus my financial services firm on just whole life insurance? Well, it's because whole life insurance gives you guarantees it's got benefits that no other strategy out there can give you. It's, it's really remarkable. And the more you study it and the more you learn about it and you compare it to other strategies out there, Christian, you know, it's like, wow, why wasn't I told about this before, right? So to start the guarantees, the policies are contractually guaranteed to increase in value every single year regardless of what's going on in Wall Street, regardless of what's going on in the economy or in real estate. In addition, there are many, many living benefits to the death benefit. And this is insurance, so it does have a death benefit, such as access to your cash value when you need it, benefits for chronic, critical or terminal illness, And not to diminish the death benefit, I was just on the phone with a client who was talking about how by the time he retires at 55 years old, he knew to the penny how much money he wanted from his retirement plan at work, from his savings plan that he's using for investing, and his whole life insurance, his financial battleship plan. He knew to the penny. The problem with that planning, and he's a brilliant guy, and he's also in financial services, which is pretty funny, was the only part of the plan that was self-completing, Kristen, was the battleship plan. Wow. Right? Because if you're dead, how does money go into your 401k plan at work? And if you're dead, how can you continue to save? And his wife is a stay-at-home mom. He's a high-income earner. And so it was fascinating to see his planning at age 55, thinking he was going to be able to provide for his family at age 55, but the only part that was self-completing was the battleship plan.
0: That's really interesting, and especially for his wife, giving her that security um, because, of course, if he had planned the penny in that way, She was obviously expecting a certain lifestyle in retirement due to his planning. And if he wasn't able to do that because he had passed away early, that would have affected her lifestyle in the future as well.
1: Absolutely. And we're not against investing in uh, Wall Street or qualified plans. We're not against any of that. We're against the thinking that that's all you need. That I don't need life insurance because I'm going to have enough money when I retire Or buy term and invest the difference, right? And we'll get to that one later. Um, So to me, it was just another aha moment. And here I am having a conversation with somebody who's really very brilliant and thought things out to the penny, except the part, if he dies... The money that's in the death benefit is the only one that's really self-completing, right? Or the money in the policy is really the only part of it that's self-completing. And in addition to all those benefits we mentioned, there are the tax advantages. The money inside the policy grows income tax favored. And with a disclaimer, I can say income tax free, right? As long as the policy is designed correctly and it's designed in a way that uh, you use the policy properly so that it can grow tax favored. So, Kristen, what other benefits are there to Whole Life and why are we crazy enough to, <laughs> to work with the Whole Life insurance?
0: So, one of the biggest benefits our clients enjoy when it comes to their policy is liquidity, use, and control of your cash. And when we talk about control of your cash, we're talking about the ability to. Access your cash on your terms. Pay that money back to the policy on your terms while enjoying the uninterrupted compounding of that cash inside the policy. So that once you borrow money from the policy to make a purchase or invest and you pay that money back to the policy, Your policy is worth exactly what it would have been worth if you had never touched it at all.
1: Isn't that fantastic? And there really aren't any strategies, any other strategies out there that do this. It's not an either or, right? I'm gonna take my dollar and I'm going to either invest it here or invest it there. It's and, right? Take the dollar, I can put it into the policy And I can invest it over here or, and I can go buy that car or, and I can invest in my business. It's options, options, options.
0: Exactly. So Teresa, I think, um, the biggest objection we get to why do we use whole life is this piece of conventional wisdom that's floating around out there that instead of buying whole life insurance, right? Because whole life insurance is a horrible investment, you should buy term insurance and then invest the difference. So why should you buy whole life and why should you not follow the conventional wisdom of buying term and investing the difference?
1: Well, I must confess I we used to hear this a lot before. There's so much more information and knowledge and understanding of these policies now that we don't hear it as often. But I still hear every now and then, you know, I really don't need that death benefit. You know, that's great. It's nice that it's there. But I'm not really focused on the death benefit. I'm focused on, you know, the other the other benefits like the uninterrupted compounding.
0: And a lot of people think that they don't need the death benefit once they retire, because they have other assets.
1: Yes, and that's the conventional wisdom, right? And I'm here to tell you, and this is the overarching philosophy that here at um, Business Finishing School, I think, uh, really, really emphasizes, even though it's not necessarily articulated, but it's the quality of our lives are in direct proportion to the quality of options that we have. And term insurance, by definition, is temporary, Now, can you predict, Kristen, what your life is going to look like 30 years from now, right? Whether you could have used some additional death benefit to pay for something. Can you predict that? (laughs) No, not at all. Can you predict how much you're going to have in your investments?
0: You really can't.
1: You have no idea right? So buying temporary insurance, which is what term insurance is, basically you're saying, all right, I'm only going to cover this need for the next 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. But after that, uh, maybe I could have used it, but I'm not going to have it because supposedly I'm going to have money in savings or I'm going to have enough investments that I don't really need it. You don't know that. You have no idea what your needs are going to be. So if we go through by this overarching concept that the quality of your life, especially from a financial perspective, is in direct proportion to the quality of options that you have, you're much better off putting money into a policy that gives you so many options in the future and today. Now, the difference is between term and whole life, right? The whole life is more expensive in the short term. But when you compare and you run the numbers from the long term Kristen, you know the answer to this. What's really the cost of that death benefit in a whole life insurance over the long term?
0: Right. With the policies that we design, you recoup the cost of that death benefit in the growth of your cash value over time.
1: You have more cash in your policy than you put in. So at the end of the day, how much did that death benefit really cost you out of pocket? Nothing. It
0: really does not cost you anything.
1: Right? And in fact, it's quite the difference because that money, that cash value is growing and serving you in so many different ways. And wherever you are today, whatever your situation is today, there's no way that you can truly understand the options, the benefits that these type of policies give you until you're in that situation, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, and you find out that you've got an, a, an option or a benefit in your policy that makes sense to you now. You know, this week we were contacted by the wife of a, of a client who owns a policy. And we started this policy not that long ago. I think it was maybe six or seven years ago. And today that client has uh, dementia and early onset Alzheimer's. He is in his early 60s. He is a very young person to have this kind of dementia. And the policy that he started had a feature that pays his premiums because he's not working. His wife is the only one that's working right now. And forever, he's not going to be able to work.
0: Right. And so I'm sure that the biggest comfort to his, his wife and his family is the fact that that policy they do not have to pay premiums into the policy. Those premiums are waived for him. The death benefit will continue. There will be protection for him and his family when he dies. And he can, if he needs to, actually access the death benefit early. So if his family needs that death benefit early to help cover the cost of his care or cover the cost of their living expenses, they can actually get to that death benefit early.
1: So when we started, when we started working with him years ago, right, and again, not that long ago, he had no idea he was going to have dementia or early onset Alzheimer's. He had no idea that his wife was going to be struggling so much to take care of him. And here she's got options. And in fact, when she called, she was just calling to let me know about him. She had no idea the options that her policy is giving her today.
0: Wow. I'm sure she got us the phone, Teresa with just a huge weight lifted from her shoulders.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it was, it was a sad conversation, but it certainly, you know, she, she really felt good about um, the decision that he had made years ago.
0: Yes. So with the whole life, of course, You know, it's giving that particular family a lot of options. And what most people don't understand about term policies versus whole life insurance, right? We always hear that whole life insurance is so expensive compared to term. Um, But many people don't realize that term policies are actually designed to terminate before paying out a claim. So the actuaries that price those policies can price them very cheap. Because they know that such a low percentage of them is actually going to pay out a claim versus a whole life policy, which is meant to be a permanent policy.
1: That's exactly right. People don't buy term and invest the difference also, right? That's the that's the saying. But according to Dr. David Babel, who is a uh, renowned, retirement income specialist and really understands the whole insurance market and cash value insurance market. You know, he talks about how the likely scenario is people will rent the term insurance, right? They lapse it at some point, they don't renew it, and they spend the difference. So people don't really buy term and invest the difference at all. They might buy term and they... Keep um, spending the rest of their dollars.
0: Right now, Teresa. Another question that we get asked quite often um, is, you know, not just why do we not recommend buying term and investing the difference, but why don't we work with indexed universal life policies? And these type of policies have become very popular lately. Um, mostly because of how aggressive agents can be with protecting the returns in these policies. Um, so, Teresa, tell us a little bit about the differences between an indexed universal life and a whole life policy and why we choose not to work with IUL for indexed universal
1: life. Well, this is an area, this is a, a topic of discussion That really gets me passionate. Uh, And I'll go into the details, but let me set it up uh, first. Many years ago, I was, um, when I became interested in cash value life insurance, I was very fortunate to be mentored by, uh, personally mentored by Nelson Nash. In fact, him and I became very close uh, up until the time that he passed away this year And thank God that I had the mentoring that I did because I could have very easily set up my practice around an IUL because when you look at it superficially, boy, those index universal life policies sure look attractive. In fact, they look amazing. And with the amount of business that we have done over the years, if we were working with a different product, I can tell you that we would do, or we would have done two to three times, if not more, the amount of business. Because from an illustration perspective, they illustrate and project so beautifully. But at the end of the day, I'm here to tell you it's fiction. It is fairy tale. It is it's a unicorn, it's magic fairy dust, however you want to call it, right? It is just not real. If it was, sign me up all day long. I'd put every penny into it. Now, how do we know it's not real? Well, number one, from a practical experience, Kristen, you know, we've got clients who share their IULs with us. And unfortunately, many times it's too late right? Because they're sharing it with us. They're seeing their values go down and they're very confused because they either thought that they were getting a battleship plan, right? A a battleship type of policy or that they were start, you know, they're old enough where the the policy was going to serve them, but they're seeing their values go down. So that's on the one hand, right? But really from just an illustration perspective, If you look at the illustration, so think of the magician, right? The magician is dressed in black and he really doesn't want you to pay attention to him, which is why he's got the gorgeous assistant who's all dressed up and your eyes are on the assistant. But on the other hand, he's doing whatever he does, right? Because, you know, there's really no such thing as real magic. They're just tricks. And Your attention as the audience is drawn over to the assistant, the same is happening with these illustrations. You're looking at the non-guaranteed value, which is the gorgeous, stunning assistant in our analogy. And you're looking at those numbers going, oh my gosh, like this solves all of my problems. This solves all of the financial mistakes that I've made. If I just pay into this policy for the next so many years, look how much money I'm going to have. And the, the values are never going down. The magician, however, in comparing it to the policy, are the guaranteed values. The cash values go down until the policies lapse. Unless you have what's called a no lapse guarantee, but that no lapse guarantee makes the cost of your insurance higher. And the death benefit is gone. The cash value is gone. Typically this happens when you're older because your costs for the insurance go up Every single year. And by the time you realize this, insurance is really expensive. So doing something different is probably not an option for you. You may not be in great health. You may be retired and don't have money to allocate, new savings to allocate into the policy. So in my opinion, I don't know of a good place to have an index universal life policy. But for those clients that have their policies that do not want to replace them, we urge them to start the battleship plan as their foundational policy for the guarantees, for the savings, for all the benefits that we know can it can offer. And then the IUL can stack on top of that. So if the IUL fails they at least have their battleship plan. And one other thing I will say, you know, when it comes to these IULs, a percentage of them do fail, um, you know, it's just it's just the nature of the beast, right? And I met a colleague who uh, actually works in another part of Texas who has a very similar practice that we do. And he's sold a thousand of these policies. And he was talking to me one day about why I do whole life. And he totally got it. And he said to me, you know, the difference between you and me, Teresa, is that one day if you want to retire, you can walk away and know that your clients are Okay right? Your policies are going to work exactly like you said it was going to work. I can never retire. And this is a gentleman who was in his late 60s. He said, I can never retire because I've got to work with every single one of my clients and make sure that we minimize the the losses in those policies. So what if 5% of his policies fail, right? He's got a thousand of them. Those are 50 policies that are going to fail. That's 50 too many, in my opinion. And thank God I was given the gift of having mentors who opened up my eyes and made me understand the difference between the whole life insurance, right, the battleship policies or battleship plans, and the IULs.
0: Wow. And I'm sure for him, he doesn't want to spend his retirement doing that work. But more so, his clients, once they get to retirement age, probably don't want to have that meeting with their agent every year where he's telling them, you have to put more and more money into this thing if you want the death benefit to be there for your family.
1: It's a tough spot, and he's a good guy. And I think most advisors out there want to do a good job for their clients, right? But they're misguided or they're swept in up in the... Marketing propaganda that these insurance companies, you know, give them. And, you know, is there a place for it? Kristen, you and I can argue that all day long. But if you're looking for absolute guarantees and you're looking for the benefits that the battleship plan can offer, then use that as the foundational policy and then decide if you want to do the IUL. But otherwise, you know, if you've got risk in the market or risk in your business or risk in real estate, do you want an insurance with a policy with risk? Or do you want the insurance policy to serve you and give you all the benefits that we've talked about?
0: Right, absolutely. And the IUL really goes against the whole reason insurance was originally created, and that was to shift the risk away from the individual, right? With an IUL, That risk is completely on the shoulders of the individual, and the burden is completely on them to manage the policy.
1: That's exactly right. And with whole life insurance, especially the policies and the companies that we work with, they have the guarantees. They guarantee that the promises that they are making to you in terms of cash value and the benefits they will deliver. The risk when it comes to the IULs performing is on the individual. Totally different mindset, totally different shift in planning, and uh, really goes against everything that we talk about with the Battleship Plan.
0: Right. Now, Teresa, if people listening to the call today want to know more about the Financial Battleship Plan or about why, um, you know, their IUL, if they want a second opinion on their IUL, if they want to look at the differences between buying term and buying whole life, how can they get in contact
1: with us to um, find out more? So they can schedule a free no-obligation analysis to find out if a properly uh, you know, structured battleship policy is appropriate for them. Um, or like you said, get a second opinion. They can call us at 1-800-382-0830. They can get in contact with us through Business Finishing School or they can email us directly at info at Living Wealthy Financial Group dot com. And that's livingwealthyfinancialgroup.com.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Teresa. That was great information. And thank you to everyone that joined us today.
1: Thank you, Kristen. I always enjoy doing these podcasts with you.
0: Same here. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.